So one of the things I know, I noticed some crazy stuff about the body of Christ that needs to be dealt with. For one, the way we treat each other is horrible. Just absolutely horrible. Uh, and, and then people need to know that visionaries in the body of Christ are usually treated the worst when we're supposed to be leading the way. Visionaries are the ones that are supposed to be saying, hey, we're supposed to go this way. Listen, let me show you how crazy the church is right now. I was in the military. A lot of these pastors were never in the military, never in, you know, didn't even go to school or anything like that. Okay, would you know what happens? Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Here's what happens. These guys, they only preach from the pulpit. The only place they preach from the pulpit. They don't help you in your reality and things like that. They don't show up, right? You look at the Bible. You see the men of God in the community, not just in the church, not just in the temple. Now they say, oh, yeah, we're the church. Well, if we're the church, and the only time, where's the leadership? You want to know why Catholicism is so powerful? Because they have order. They have leadership. The Protestant church, everybody can hear from some spirit that tells them to start a church. And then every day, you know, they start a church. And if they get results and people show up to the church, then guess what? They're like, oh, it's a move of God happening over here. And then another church pops up. Oh, it's a move of God happening over here. This is exactly what Jesus said don't do in Mark Matthew 24. He was like, when you start seeing a bunch of churches pop up, when you start seeing them, he's like, don't go. That's Bible, Matthew 24. Look, all these people tell me there's a move of God over here. How can all these Protestant churches be popping up that have different denominations when the word God says, let there be no denominations amongst you. It's amazing how comfortable American churches have become with not pleasing God. It's amazing how, how many churches in America have become with doing care what God thinks anymore. And then when real moves of God show up, people don't know what to do, how to invest. I mean, we got current FM here. We're trying to reach more people with ministry and with music. We got $100,000 to raise for a new tower or $75,000 to raise for a new tower. But then we got to get all new equipment. So it's about $100,000. You know, the, the, we got issues with the building. We got all this stuff going on. And where are the people? We're, we're sacrificing every day. Our day just starts at 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we, you know, we get home about 8 o'clock at night, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, and, then, and it's like, dude, we got so much to build, so much serious kingdom business to build. We got churches that are out here trying to do more things, trying to help the poor, trying to do more things, but they can't get the people to focus. But bless God, everybody's going to heaven. It's ridiculous. And it's not true. Many people are not going to heaven. And they think they're saved. They call themselves Christian. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you love the world more than you love God. That's why. Good morning, people. It's seriously time to wake up. Because your eternal souls are on the line. Now, someone's going to say this sounds negative. No, this is positive. This is positive because it's giving you a charge to check yourself, check your heart. It's giving you a charge to check your spirit. Give you a charge to wake up. Somebody's going to say, you hurt my feelings. Well, you're probably the same, you know, oversensitive, manipulating person that thinks that they're saved when they're really not, you know, because I didn't see it the right way. I didn't see it nicely. Oh, your feelings hurt. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm petty. Uh, but, but, but seriously, guys, it's ridiculous. The level of lukewarmness in American churches is at such a toxic level. And then it's to the point where people are like, well, dude, don't say anything bad about the church. Oh, shut up. Most of these churches aren't even real churches. That, that's the thing that 
They're not real churches, and they're not real pastors, and they're not real leaders. Most people aren't even in their word to know what a pastor looks like, to know what a real leader looks like. When you start seeing revival happen, make sure it's not just people coming together to put their arms in the air and sing a bunch of songs. You better make sure you start watching people passions fill up. You better watch. You want to see people start getting in their word. That's what you should be seeing. You should be seeing a thirst and a hunger to please God. You should start seeing people wanting to purge themselves of sin. You should start wanting to see people, you know, come out of darkness. That's what revival is. Revival, let's, let me tell you people something right now. Revival comes from two words, re and viva. That means to live, relive. You can have a revival at your church in California, in Texas, in Florida. You can have a revival in your church there, and it's about the birthplace of that church. But if you want to see a revival for America, it's got to be in the birthplace of America, and that is in Virginia. And the revival that's coming to Virginia, God is already sending men and women of God from all over the world to Virginia who are serious about ministry, who are serious about making a difference, who are serious about being building the kingdom of God. And everybody who's lukewarm, you're going to fade to black. You're going to trample on, you get ran over, because you're going to participate in a movement that you can up with because you weren't built for the battle. And I want to tell you people out here something. Some of you lukewarm Christians, get out of the way. You're going to get trampled on. Because the word of God is real. The word of God is living. And the word of God is going to take territory. And I'm going to explain something to you. In Mark chapter 4, the Bible says that the word is the seed. And he says some fell on good soil. So I'm only telling you about good soil right now. I can tell you about the other scenarios. This is just the good soil. On the good soils, he says, reduce 30%. And that's phenomenal. 30% in a fallen, broken world, that's great. But the, the word of God produced 30% of itself. And it says, some producing 60%. That is amazing. The word of God is producing 60% in a fallen and broken world. A world. This is the word of God telling you how it works. Then there's this, some will produce 100%. Praise God, there's people out there, there's good soil out there that can produce 100% of what the word of God says in a broken and fallen world. And I'm only talking to you about the good soil. But the difference between the 30% and the 60% is huge. There's a bunch of ministries out there. You're doing a good job. You're doing the best you can. You're producing your 30. You produce your 30, boo-boo. You do that, sweetie pants. You produce your 30% of the word of God. Got nothing to say to you. Great, great job. Some of you are going to produce 60. So things are going to look a little different. You, you got a little bit more zeal than the 30%. Great job. Way to go. But I need you guys to understand something about me. I'm giving God everything I have, and I've been doing it since I was 22 years old, all right? I need this to be clear. I know I'm weird. I know I'm crazy, and I'm human. I'm not perfect. I get all that stuff before you do. All the disclaimers you want to make sure I realize before I say what I'm about to say. Whatever you want to say, just add to what I'm saying. I don't even care if it's true or not. Just Even though I wasn't thinking it, just because I know also, there's always the naysayers out there that got something stupid to say when you're trying to make a point. So here's my point that I'm trying to tell you right now. My entire life has been dedicated to God, and I made that decision a long time ago, all right? Now, I want you to understand something. I'm not confused about anything. You know, I'm not confused about anything at all. I'm not confused about what the word says. I'm not confused about patriotism. I'm not confused about race or any of that. The word of God that comes before that stuff. What I have seen is an increase of lukewarmness 
false prophets, false teachers, people who are easy to deceive because they're not in their word. I've seen nothing but unfaithfulness in ministry, wordlessness, watching churches fall apart. More importantly, watching families fall apart. Mental illness, obesity, I'm even guilty of that myself. That means undisciplined. The word of God addresses all these things. Mental health, the word of God addresses these things. And the word of God can heal your body, heal your mind, heal your soul. But listen, there is an order to these things. We've got to be more vigilant about how we think, what we eat, what we put in our body, how it affects us, how it affects the children, how it affects, like, there's so many different levels. And all it is is accountability and responsibility. But we have to open ourselves up to allow real leadership to speak to the intimate parts of our lives. Yes, God has a word for you about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. But a rebellious soul always wants to do what it wants to do. Even if that means hurt itself. How much rebellion is you? Are you willing to purge your own rebellion out? Can you put down the, the Hershey bar and pick up a carrot? You know, I got to do this myself. Duke, you don't need that fifth slice of pizza. <laughs> yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Ah, put it down. Let the spirit win. You know, someone makes you angry. You don't have to respond negatively. You can respond with wisdom. You can respond with care. You can respond with truth and still respond with kindness. You can still respond with kindness. You, you can say what you mean, you can mean what you say, and still respond with kindness. Emotions are fueled by the deception that we already believe, and then we act on what we believe because we're be human beings. We become what we believe, and we do what we believe. So we will act in our emotions because we become a reflection of what we feel, and we lack the discipline to control what we feel, to step into a higher self. And when I say higher self, I'm not saying new aging. I'm saying the mind of Christ. He said, I am from above, you are from beneath. So when you look at the way the world thinks, we have access to it because we're born from the earth. Well, because we were reborn by the love and blood of Christ and through faith in Christ, we have access to a higher mindset. That higher mindset becomes a higher self. And we have to be taught the same way we have to be taught in school. This is why we've got to return back to discipleship, discipleship, mentorship. There should be no point in your life where people cannot speak into your life. If, if you don't have somebody guiding you, somebody speaking words of encouragement, words of correction, if you don't have somebody in your life as a mentor, you are in big trouble. I don't care if you're 90. If you're 90 years old and you need somebody to speak into your life, you go backwards and find a young person who's full of zeal, who's full of the word, who's on fire, and let them teach you. But the moment your soul becomes unteachable, I need you to understand something. And I'm not being preachy for all my critics out there to say, on oh, the morning show, is too preachy now. Is it too preachy? Is it too you don't like the word? That's probably because you got a demon attached to you. <laughs> you can't stand here in the word of God. Let me explain something to you people. Get out of your head. Get out of your feelings. Get out of your little mental issues. And get back in the mindset of God. Get in the character of God. You, you People get tired. Of, listen, people are tired of weak Christians, man. I'm tired of weak Christians. They're annoying. I'm tired of emotional Christians. They're annoying. You know, and I know it's supposed to be full of patience, and it's, I'm full of all that stuff, full of patience, this and that. But man, you got these just Christians that just spaz out over the dumbest stuff because they're spazzers. They're not really faithful. They're just spazzers. You know what I mean? And, you know, trauma, you know, a lot of trauma. People go through trauma. But it's like, yo, if you're going to do this leadership thing, if you're going to be a man or a woman of God, you you do realize you're going to face trauma, right? You do realize you need your attacks. You need your enemies because it's 
what comes against you is what makes you stronger. No one goes to the gym to not have things come against us. It's the resistance that brings out the strength in you. Really, the, the drill sergeants used to say, uh, you know, pain, when you're working out, pain is weakness leaving the body. <laughs> always like that saying. always like that saying. Man, I love you guys so much. I guess that's why I've ruined my life. Trying to, I've ruined so many opportunities to make money and be successful, to be in this position where I can share the word of God with you. And I've missed so many opportunities where I could have been, you know, in Hollywood doing stuff. I'm, not, I'm actually not bragging, I'm reflecting. I know there's stupid people out there that have to criticize everything once again. And I'm like, I'm not bragging. And not only that, my heart is broke. My heart grieves for the church. My heart's grieving for the church. Now I know a bunch of people are gonna have a bunch of stupid stuff to say to you. And please know if I care, it's not it. There's not one bit of me. So I'm just trying to prepare you for what you're gonna hear when you try to call me and tell me that I shouldn't say the things that I said. America is falling apart. And the only way we're going to see America get back anywhere get out of this destruction, the only hope is for the sons and daughters of God to rise up and get focused. Now is not the time to make money, people. It's not the time for chariots. It's not the time for houses. It's not the time for money. It's not the time for fancy clothes. America's dying. Don't sit here with a straight face and tell your children you love them when you don't care about the spiritual condition of the church, which monitors, which, you know, we've got to get the church and we've got to get Israel working together. We've got to make this connection. We got to get the church, we got to get the people of God back together. Those born through the lineage of Abraham and the Gentiles, the church, you know, we got to get, we got to, listen, guys. The reason why we got to make this happen is because the word of God is going to have the other side of the word of God is going to happen. God only needs a few. It's not like he needs everybody. America's falling apart because the people of God are being seduced by the world. And the word of God is being choked right out of them. It's Mark chapter 4 if you want to see it. Mark chapter 4, if you want to see it, go look at it for yourself. You know, but Mark chapter 4 says, and this is the mystery of the kingdom of God. Do you want the, the word of God choked out of you? Listen to this, folks. The Bible says the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and other things entering in, which means it's other distractions entering into reality. And it has the ability to choke the word of God right out of you. The word of God is telling you what your kryptonite is. Are you willing to have zeal choked right out of you? Passion, wisdom, salvation, where the word of God becomes unfruitful. Where you might have the word of God in you, but you can't produce anything. You know, one of the most heartbreaking things that I saw in the Bible is with the watchmen. In the Bible, it talks about the watchmen with Ezekiel. And he says, you're going to be in a high tower and you're going to be speaking. You know, and if you see danger coming and you say danger, danger. He goes, if the people, if you don't, if you don't do your job, he says, the people will perish. And the blood will be on their hands. And the, people, and the blood will be on your hands. Because if you don't say what you're supposed to say and warn the people that danger is coming, the blood's going to be on your hands. And he said, this is Ezekiel 33. And then he goes, but if you do, if you warn the people that danger is coming and they don't listen, the people will perish and the blood will be on their hands. 
And I, my heart broke because I'm like, God, this is what you're dealing with? Where the possibility of people just not listening when all you're trying to do is protect them from the danger to come? That's what you're dealing with, God? No wonder God's heart is constantly grieving. No wonder it grieved him that he even made man. All he's trying to do is cover us and love us and protect us. And we're always trying to put something before him. And maybe it's because when we were when we were younger, our parents would put things before us to try to get, get us busy. But no, stay close to the Father's love. Stay close to the Father's instructions. Stay side by side. Don't stray off. Don't wander off. Don't know. Because... We, we understand we lived in a culture that psychologically severed itself from mother and child, father and child. Here, put this TV. Here's your iPhone. Here's your, you know, your rubber ducky. Back in the day, the rubber ducky. Here's something to just keep the kids away. And then you, there's just only a certain amount of time when the brain begins to develop and the spirit begins to develop where you've now developed in your separation. Now you don't respect authority. You don't like going to school because you don't even listen to your parents. And then you don't, then you grow up and now you got to listen to a pastor, you know? So you got to listen to the pastor, you got to listen to the teacher. And then you get to a point where I'm tired. When can I listen to me? I'm tired of listening to. Listen, folks, very carefully. Humans will always need instructions, humans will always need discipline. Humans will all be discipleship. There's a lot of pastors out here who are into showboating and all they care about is their smoke machines and light cameras and action, right? But then you want to find a leadership that gets passionate about the word of God because they want to see people's lives change. You want to find leadership where the people get serious about building the kingdom of God to the point they don't care. They have to snatch their kids out of school. They'll snatch their kids out. They're going to do what they got to do to build the kingdom of God. Because <clears throat> we're, we're not just out here trying to run a building. We're trying to build community. We're trying to make a difference in the world. We're trying to save lives here. There's, I, want you guys, I want you guys to know something. There's somebody out here who's been hurt, molested, broken, you know, and they're trying to push their way through life, you know. And then there's on the other side, there's someone who's did the hurting, who murdered somebody, and, and they, they're getting out of jail, and they need mercy. They need all this stuff. Nobody's going to be able to get any healing if we're not in the Word of God. No one's going to be able to function if we're not in the Word of God. And the world is always trying to wrap itself around your consciousness and choke the word of God right out of you so that it becomes unfruitful. And then you'll testify against it. You'll say, oh, I read that Bible crap. I read that word. It didn't work for me. I tried prayer. It didn't work for me. And, and I'm like, how can you sit here and say the word didn't work when you know you didn't work it? You know? How do you, you know for a fact that you didn't work the word? You know, and this is what, I, this is what I'm talking about. Is everyone, like, don't tell God, don't tell God you gave him your best. Don't do that. Because you know what you're like when you give God your best. You know, you, when I, when I, let's read and watch this. So we're going to use this real-time example. When it, does, doesn't it annoy you when I ask you to do something and you do it with an attitude, knowing you didn't really put yourself into it, but then it gets done and I call you out on not doing it the right way? Isn't that annoying? At the same time, why do you go back and do it again? <laughs> That's giving God your best. You know it has to be done. If the Bible says, guys, we've been given permission. The Bible says good soil. Some will produce 30%. 
30% of the word will work in some people. 30% of the word will work in some people in this fallen and broken world. 60% of the word will work in some people in this fallen and broken world. But there are people who are giving 100% of themselves. <laughs> Guys, the reality is the, one, the only place the word is going to work is on good soil. <laughs> the word works on good soil. You may produce 30, you may only produce 60, but believe there's, there are people out there that's giving God their all. And I'm letting you know right now that I'm one of them. And I know a whole bunch of others. And the reason why I know is because of the way we suffer. Because nobody's invested. <laughs> Nobody, you know, only very few are invested. And, you know, very few are, you know, and, and this is the thing. Very few will come alongside 100%. Very few. Do you want to know why? Because in a comfortable culture like America, you see suffering as a bad thing. But you don't pay attention to what people are suffering for. Like right now, for 20 years, my family, we, we've taken some really hard blows these last couple months. Uh, that's happening. You know, we put ourselves out there for the body of Christ. We got completely humiliated. There are great pastors who, because the people did not understand that we, they, he was trying to build community, churches are closing left and right, but because the people were into fear, the churches end up closing down. And it's so funny because a lot of the churches that stayed up either did so by faith, and then there's another group that just had good financing. <laughs> it's always like there's always this battle. Who's the real thing? Well, I can tell you who the real thing is. When you find a church that makes you hungry for the word of God, that's where you're supposed to be. That's where you're supposed to The church that makes you want to live holy, the church that makes you want to challenge culture, the church that makes you want to say, hey, I, I want to do better. I want to give God more. I want to be a better person. And, and, and here's the thing, and it's not just about money. It's actually not about money at all. You know how I knew, uh, everyone says, do you church hop? And I'm like, no, I'm searching. I'm not going to let you, because you're stupid. I'm not going to let you peer pressure me into a, a church that, you know, doesn't understand what God is doing with my life and, and who God has called me to be. I've got I've to fit. You know, I'm not just going to join a church that I don't fit in. And when I found my church, after almost 20 years, when I found my church, there's only one other church that I trust. You know, when I found my church, and, and my daughter said, I finally feel like I have a church home. I knew that this was it. You know, this is what I'm saying, folks. This is what I'm trying to get you guys to understand. God will show you where you're supposed to be. Because I was ready to throw the whole concept of church out of the way. A bunch of crazy people, you know, that want authority in your life, but don't want no investment in your life. But they want authority over your life. You know, you can't leave me unless you're willing to. If you can't bleed for me, you can't leave me. Because let me explain something to you. I was willing to die for every one of you out there when I was in the military. I don't know I'm bragging. This is the reality. Soldiers realize we're going to sacrifice our life. So I can't undo my mind. I, I'll still die for all of you. I don't even have to know you. If I see somebody in trouble, I'll get involved. Everybody knows that I'll get involved. Because I was built that way, the military, like, I, I understand sacrifice. And I fight for people, you know. So I can't undo that. So I understand that sacrifice is a part of leadership. You want people, now let me, I'm talking to pastors now. You want people to join your churches? Make sure you're willing to put your life on the line for them. Don't play it safe just behind the pulpit on Sundays and Wednesdays and all this other stuff. You make sure you're ready to fight for these people. And then you deserve some authority in their life. But if you're all you're doing is throwing out nice little biblical suggestions from a distance 
as you stay away from the warfare of their life, you better put that helmet on, you better grab that shield, you better grab that sword, and you better get involved in these people's lives, and you better fight with them. You want to be faithful to your church? Fight with them. Be faithful to their lives. If you're called to be a teacher, then be a teacher and get out of the way of warfare. You're not called to be a pastor. You're not called to be a, a prophet. You're not called to get out of the way. If you're a teacher, find some, start a Bible education center. Don't start a church. You know, start on getting to know your, your Bible Facebook page, but don't get involved in ministry. Don't get involved in ministry. Ministry is warfare. You know, pastor need to mind his own business. No, pastor gonna show up in your house, and bust you upside your head. <laughs> because there's a spiritual arrogance. The American church is so out of order, and part of it is because we don't understand sovereignty. We we, we intoxicated ourselves so much off freedom that we under, don't understand sovereignty. We don't understand order. You know. And that's part of the problem. We don't understand. And we've taken too many liberties with the word of God. And now and we're looking for the real power of God. But how would you even recognize the power of God when the power of God is revealed to his sons and daughters? You can't get, you can't interpret the power of the word of God with worldly eyes. You know, you've got to look through this. You've got to be in the spirit to see things from the spirit. And then from the spirit, you can manifest them on earth. But oh man, if you're scared to hurt people's feelings, if you're scared to tell the truth, if you're scared to be bold, just, we got to get our language back. We got to get the word bravery back. Do you know who's going to lead the way in hell? Do you know that the Bible says that cowards are the cowards, not liars. Cowards are the most dangerous people you will ever meet. Because they get in the way, they, they make themselves look like one of you. They make themselves look like a warrior, but they're not. They'll put on the uniform. They'll get locked and loaded. They'll grab the sword. They'll grab a shield. And then they'll hide behind you and let you take all the shots. And that's what a lot of people are doing to these pastors out here. These men and women of God putting their life on the front line. And they're building churches. And they're doing it. And they're putting out the call. And they're telling everybody. They're saying, hey, come. We, we want to be on fire for God. And they sit down the signals and create a place where you can come and get closer to God and learn an experience. And then we don't show up. There's, there's pastors out there that are giving God their all and then the people don't show up. And they can't wait. Oh, you can get the pastor, change my life in an hour and a half. Change my life in one hour and a half and let me spend the entire week with the devil. You know, let me spend the entire week with everything else and bless God and my kids are going to be blessed and uh, just give it God my pastor. You only got a point. I got some compliance. I heard some people were complaining about me in the morning show. But I get too preachy. I want to talk to whoever it is that said that. Whoever you are, I want you to hear something. I want you to hear this loud and clear. Shut up. Because it's in the morning, the first thing in the morning, where kids are driving parents crazy. The parents are waking up from the argument last night. You know, it's in the morning where persons are reflecting on their life and what kind of job they're going to and whether they should punch the boss in the face. People are losing their mind first thing in the morning, which, you know, but then they, they tolerate and they pack it in because they're trying to be successful. They're trying to push forward and they need to hear something where somebody's addressing something relevant so they can make the right decision. So I'm not being preachy first thing in the morning. I'm just telling the truth first thing in the morning because I love people and I'm tired of seeing people suffer for the wrong reason. I'd rather see people suffering for the cause of Christ because Christ said, those that suffer with me will reign with me. 
when you're under the world's condemnation, condemnation, the world just wants to see how far it can push you down. But with Christ, suffering with Christ, you always can resurrect. You always rise up. You can beat this. You can do this. You, you can save your marriage. You can save your children. You can save. You, you, see, this is the thing. Is the world wants you to always believe the worst so that that's what you become. Because you become what you believe. The world is always trying to get you to believe your worst. The worst. It's worse. It can, can it get any worse? The world's like, yes, it can. God's always trying to strengthen you and build you until you can take this. You can take that. Have you noticed that everything you thought was going to kill you hasn't? You're still here. Push. You can win. So for those of you who are saying I'm being preachy, I say punch yourself in the face. <laughs> and, then, and know that I love you too. And I forgive you. you know? But if also, if you have a problem with me, Message me. Don't lie. Talk about how my back, because I hear about it. <laughs> I hear about it. I know a lot of people listen to my show. Let's see what Crazy Duke's going to say today. Well, guys, it's time for a revival. If you thought I was crazy before, uh, guys, you listen, when I say I'm giving, there's anything God asks me to do, I'm going to do it. <laughs> there's nothing I. You guys got to get this. There's nothing that I'm not going to do. So God has a crazy person that, that works for him. You know, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, hold on. Wait. Good. All right. Troy says, uh, it wants you to think negatively like a cup of half empty. Yep, exactly. You got to look at it positively. Cup half full. Got to be positive. Guys, it, the one thing that's not going to work is ignoring a problem and what he's saying is like if there's a problem it, it's better to acknowledge it with a positive end to it Troy, you, you nailed it man that's so good we we, we got to get this through our head people the enemy wants us to believe the worst all the time please don't be fooled by that. I know you think it's you. I know you think it was the way you raised. I know you think it was, it's always, you know, you, there's nothing wrong with accepting possibilities, right? But when it comes down to belief, what you choose to believe is the path you're going to go down. So if something terrible happens and you choose to believe that God's going to get the glory out of the end result of that situation, then all you're going to do is discover what you believe. If you say, oh, but it's just getting worse. It's like, no, God's not done yet. I will explain something to you. Right? Not in my condition right now, but when I was, when I was skinny and cute. <laughs> I used to get hungry. And my friends would come out with something to eat you know, in the neighborhood. And they sit on their front porch, just eat a hamburger or whatever their mom cooked them. And they come outside and talk to me. But they're just talking. And I started to get hungry. But I live like 15 minutes away. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, it's time for me to go. I'm getting hungry. You know what I mean? And they're not offering me that. You want to bite or something? You want to bite? I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to bite of that. They're like, nah, dude, this is mine. My mama made this. You're not part of this frequency. You got to buy these things are good, dude. Um, but it was funny when you're hungry, whatever anyone's eating looks so good. Like, man, I would just love a Pop Tart, you know what I mean? Like, the way they ate it in the, the Pop Tart, you just see the enjoyment. And I'm like, man, I live 15 minutes away. This is gonna be a long walk because we walked everywhere. Uh, you know, but here's, here's what's crazy, right? This, what I, what I, so, here's what happens I get to my mama's house. We always got food. I get to my mama's house. People, this is not a lie. I'm telling you the straight up truth. I got to wait to eat. I'm already hungry. I got to wait to eat because everything in the refrigerator has to be cooked and prepared. I don't value the preparation. I'm hungry. I will eat the flour. <laughs> I'll put the flour in a bowl with some water 
I'm ready to eat right now. You know, now I got to control my attitude because I'm like, Mama, how long is it going to take? I, I don't know how long it's going to take because I don't cook. So, so it's, man, th- th- now watch this. Everything that said it was getting closer to eating was making me hungrier, which was making me get more of an attitude. Because <laughs> now I got anticipation and anxiety. And like, hangry. Hangry, hangry, she said. They said hangry. Here's what happens. I can smell it. I would go look and just see you know, the, the chicken. And, uh, no black joke. <laughs> I was eating chicken in the flour. I'm like, how is it smelling? It's cooking on the on a stove. And she's doing her thing. And, you know, God, a phone call came. I'm like, leave my mama alone, she cooking. Leave my mama alone, she cooking. Because <laughs> I was just outside playing and now I'm really, and the TV's on. And I would look, and it smelled like it's ready, but it wasn't ready. And I'm anticipating that my, my the saliva, I'm like, oh my gosh, guess what I would do? I would see some of the chicken go on a different plate that's now been prepared. And I try to distract her so I can pick at it. And then she would turn around and report it ready yet. I'm like, it's right there. How is it not ready? It's right there. It's fresh out. I, I know it's ready now, but now it has to be presented. You see what I mean? You got to put the sides on it. Because you know what? She really wants me to enjoy it. There's a difference between trying to fill a hunger and enjoying your life. And if we let God prepare us, if we really let God put the good ingredients in us, if we really let God take time with us instead of us being bullied and pushed around by the world and rushed, but if we act like my mom and say, I don't care what I don't care if my kids are very hungry, like, no, let God prepare a meal for you. Let God prepare a life for you. It's already prepared. Just let him present it to you. Let them present it to you so you can eat better, have a better life, get better results out of your life. That's all he wants to do. We got to get out of our own way and let God prepare something for us, you know, <laughs> because this was crazy. You can easily get in trouble. And my mom used to go, Duke in the kitchen. <laughs> but my dad's name is Duke too. So he'd have to call reinforcements and get me out of the kitchen. I don't want. I don't want to call daddy. You know. But my point is, it's 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 amazing that that being hungry can make you want more. Make you want more. It's a better problem to have. It's a, it's a it's a better problem to have that you're hungry for the right thing, and you have to learn how to let God build you. But don't say. Well, imagine this. Imagine this. If my mom's preparing this meal for me and I'm so hungry, and I say, No, fine, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna, I don't wanna eat here. I'm gonna leave. And I go and, and just go outside in the backyard and start eating from trees and stuff. I'm I'm living like I don't have nobody that feeds me. <laughs> Imagine I went to the neighbor house and said, My mama ain't feeding me. My mama ain't my mama don't feed. That'd be a lie, right? Yeah. You did that before? No, I didn't. Ezekiel did. Ezekiel did, yeah. yeah. Ezekiel did that before? That's yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. You did do that. A jerk. But here's my point. God's preparing something, people, and we don't want you to miss it. There are men and women of God who are dedicating every moment of their life. God has, God has interrupted their lives to build them up so that they can serve you. But you gotta support the right people. Now, current FM right now, we're trying to raise this money to reach more people with the gospel. We need this tower, people. For one year, we've been asking for support and help. And we need this tower. We can reach more people. We are, and someone goes, why spend money on a tower when you're on the internet? Guys, we're not losing territory. 
We have four FM stations, 88.5 FM, 97.9 FM, 103.7 FM, and 103.9 FM. We dominate on four FM stations plus streaming. We do, you don't give up territory. That's part of the reason why Christians are so easily deceived. The secular world will talk you out of something and then take the territory. Never miss the opportunity to give God your all. Because when you don't, dysfunction and void will take your territory. When we're moving forward, we want to take more territory. You know, cell phones go out. You know, iPads go out. People lose, they lose their Bluetooth subscriptions, their satellite subscriptions. You never know what happens when God has someone change the channel to terrestrial radio. And we're standing our ground. We're staying in our position. And I'm telling you right now, we need your help. We need you to focus. If everybody does a little bit, how is it possible we can make sure these stupid movies make we reach billions of dollars that we forget about? And we have a place right here where we're speaking the word of God every day. You know, like you guys don't understand the help we need. And we don't want to be like the other radio stations out there that are begging for money every single day. We're not, we don't want to be like, so we're trying to just keep moving forward. But guys, we have an opportunity that we can't miss. We need support right now. And we're trying to build kingdom culture. We're trying to build kingdom culture. We're trying to be a platform. We know men of God who are not afraid, who love the word of God, can help us develop kingdom culture and reach the loss at the same time. Together, we're just better. If you tell us that your focus is reaching the loss, then, hey, we want to help you do that. But can you help us develop kingdom culture? Because when we reach the loss, we don't want to have them stand in the world. We still got to be around. And if your message is to develop and build kingdom culture, then help us. So when the lost get here, we have a kingdom and a culture to bring them to. We need each other. We need each other. So please, you know, there's a lot of things going on that you guys don't even know. Help us build Current FM. And we want Current FM to be known around the world the way MTV was. Think about, if you're in your 40s or 50s, you know the impact that MTV was. We have our own MTV right here in Current FM. There's the FFX Theater. This is what breaks my heart. The FFX Theater is a guy named Pastor Tim Ritter. He, uh, that's where we film our television show real life with Duke White at the FFX Theater. Th their family brought this theater and did such a wonderful job building this theater out. And they do these interactive shows there. Uh, it's ffxshow.org if you want to check it out. So when I found it, it was something for families to do on the beach. My heart just went out to my family. It's amazing. And it's, it's amazing theater. Here's what happens. I saw it myself happen where people, families turned away because you have to walk up these stairs. And so it's heartbreaking every time where someone has to walk. There was a time where a man wanted to come to a show with his, with his kids but his wife couldn't walk upstairs, so she decided to stay home. And he came and he just thought to himself, like, and he had to say something like, man, I really wish I could have brought my wife. So they're building these stair lifts, which is about $100,000 to build a stair lift. So that's just between current FM and FFX Theater, that's $200,000 that we're trying to raise. You know? And then... Like, you, you got to understand, because then we got Sunrise Music Festival. Sunrise Music Festival. We want to be a blessing at Sunrise Music Festival. And, 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 you know, everything that God is doing, we should be invested in. You know, Savior Connect. Savior Connect is a faith-based Facebook. But everybody's so addicted to Facebook, when they get to Savior Connect, they feel like they don't know what to do. It's like, do what you do on Facebook. Just do it for God. You know, th this is what I mean, guys. It's not that there aren't platforms there. It's not that God's not doing anything. It's where are you? What are you really into? 
The scripture says a man's treasure is where his heart is. Where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. If we look at that, we look up and down your life. Do we see God? Or do we see that you, you're full of the world and you just go to church? What do you treasure? What do you value? What do you treasure? What do you value? We need help right now. We need the body of Christ to say, hey, man, we're going to make a difference. We're going to help Current FM out. Hey, man, we're going to help FFX Theater out. You know, hey, man, we're going to stand by. We're going we're gonna to log on to Savior Connect. Get a Savior Connect page. You know, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I want to be honest with you. When I lost the kiosk, right, we, we had the store. I felt like such a failure. I was, I felt so alone because I knew what I had just did to my family. I knew that I just, for what, four years of our lives, we had hundreds of thousands of dollars wrapped into this business that we thought was going to inspire the church and inspire people. And it didn't. I was battling suicidal thoughts. I almost became an alcoholic. I was going, guys, you don't understand the voice pain of doing frontline ministry and then finding out there is no army behind you. No one's fighting with you. I was dying inside. But what kept me going, what kept me going through all that pain, through all that hurt, what kept me going was knowing I had Curtin FM to fight for. Was knowing I had Savior Connect to fight for. Was knowing I had something else beyond me to fight for. What kept me going was knowing that there were people who problems like, yo, if I'm going through this, there's probably somebody else who's going through it too. There's probably somebody else who's going through it too. But when you're willing to give God your all and you find out that people are willing to abandon you, throw you away, that they don't get it, that's painful, man. I felt So for those of you who say I was being too preachy, I was also trying to save my own life with the gospel. So what did I say? Put the foot in your mouth. <laughs> you know, but but I was dying, guys. I was dying trying to save the kiosk. And all I wanted was for the body of Christ to act like the body of Christ. I think about those people at the mall every single day. I miss preaching the gospel. We met so many wonderful people who needed to know the gospel. And because of a lack of support, we didn't get it. And and and, so many, and all the people that were like, you need to get away from the kiosks. It's, it's like, why is it easier for you to tell me to quit than it is for you to say, hey, let me come alongside you? And one of my biggest fears was that a bunch of people that abandoned me showed up to my funeral if I did kill myself, if I did go crazy, if I did get up. You know what I mean? It's like, you guys, I left this planet and you guys never learned how you made me feel. You know what I'm saying? Well, my daughter was like that. I would have told him. <laughs> but here's my point, folks. There are real men and women of God out here that are doing everything they can. Where are you? Where are you? And will you show up? 